second game winner by Giannis Antetokounmpo. What's going on, everybody? Uh, episode 38 of the Bucks Leading Radio, and I am in person at Collective on Prospect with my guy Kane Pittman. Recently moved here about a week ago now to the MKE. How's it going, Kane? It's going pretty well, and it's nice to uh, be doing this in the same room instead of over you know, potentially uh, dodgy phone uh, connection. And me awkwardly holding the phone up to the microphone yeah. like you're here, and that, yeah. yeah, it's better to do it in person for sure. Uh, yeah, we were just chatting about it the one time you were in the airport, and, uh, got the drug dog sniffing on you, thinking this Australia guy is up to something fishy. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, was, I, was ta- I was just talking, you know, I was talking to some people about that the other day because, yeah, when you're in an airport, I picked, the, I literally picked the quietest spot in the terminal. I'm like, nothing could possibly happen here. And next thing, I got like the drug dogs like literally all over me, and they're telling me, don't worry about it, it's just you know a training drill. I'm like, okay, well. Might need to edit this out. Yeah. Hopefully. Uh, but I'm lazy, so probably didn't edit that out. Um, <laughs> so apologize for all the listeners if there is a bit of background noise after editing, um, but we're going to do our best here. Um, so this is Saturday, day after the home opener at the Five Serve Forum against the Indiana Pacers. Great game. Uh, started out a little sketchy, but we, we pulled that one out. And uh, I'm a little hungover. Kane's busy crushing some work right now, so we're going we're gonna to make this a good podcast for you guys. Um, but let's bring this back here. So the regular season's in. We're 2-0. Uh, first game was a bit of a worry against the Charlotte Hornets. I mean, I don't know if it's like the Hornets are underrated or what it is or if we just really screwed that one up. But, man, we only won by a point, and Nicholas Batum could have crushed all of our dreams in that first game. So, King, give me your thoughts on that game. Give me your thoughts on what happened during it and then overall going forward. Well, I, I don't think... Um there's that much to say about the first half. I felt like it was just a continuation of the preseason. I was, you know, I was sitting there at halftime, you know, thinking we were guaranteed to be 82 and 0, and probably just breeze through to the finals. And then next thing, we're behind in the last quarter. So it was. Um, I mean, we haven't really seen that um, so far. Uh, everything's come so easy, especially when the starters have played. So I think. Um, it's easy to say now because they won, but I don't think it was the worst thing that they uh, had, a, had a bit of a challenge because they probably need that and they need to work through um, those types of situations. And they, they were probably lucky in the end. And Batum, like, I don't know how Batum is, you know, that wide open and doesn't even hit the rim. I was, you know, I, I thought I thought it was over when he caught the ball, but and you know, Henson maybe next time can just grab the rebound rather than tapping it back, but. Uh, they got the win, and I think on the road in the opener, it's you know you'll take it any way you can. Yeah, I think like at the end of the day, that's what you're saying. A win's a win, and you know Bucks win, you win. So that's all you really care about. But I think <clears throat> what was really interesting to me, and this it was a tale of two halves really. And just as you alluded to, that first half was amazing. They spread the ball out well, just like Budenholzer likes, you know. And it looked great. It looked fluid. It looked like they actually had a plan. And then as it got a little bit challenging, as Kemba started to heat up more and more. I think that you really saw in that second half uh, reverting back to the Jason Kidd no offense of Giannis just going to ISO, everybody's going to stand on the three-point line, not do anything. And I think that's what really kind of sucked because I felt like it was last season. I felt like I was getting frustrated with their offense. And, I mean, there was, I think, 12 turnovers in a quarter. And Giannis had, like, eight of them. So, I, I mean, like, did you see that? Is that what you were thinking, too? Or what, like, what, what do you think went wrong with that offense? Yeah, I... I I think um, 
it was a combination of things and I and I didn't and I you know I had a few people get on me for, for the tweet but I, I said that you know in the third quarter I said I guess we're learning that old habits die hard and I think that that was the case um, because uh, you knew straight away off of mine the one thing I noticed straight away in the third quarter it was an early possession and Chris Middleton went straight to the post and was backing the guy down and shot a mid-range shot and I I was sort of you know I thought about that and I was like well that's weird um, like we haven't seen much of that at all or any shots in the mid-range so when they when that came about early in the third quarter and then they started going more one-on-one and ISO I was like well this isn't the way they've been playing um, given it was the opener I'm, I'm not sure how much of that was fatigue and I'm not sure how much of that was well we've got a lead that's not um, you know that's just slow it down and, mm-hmm. and hang on to that for sure um, particularly when you know Charlotte did start making a run because it's, it's one thing I'm, I'm sort of still curious about to see how they handle um, you know those types of situations because they've been shooting a lot of early threes and early shot clock um, shots. So if you're playing on the road and another team's got the momentum, like, are you going to still want to take shots, especially particularly three pointers in the first, you know, eight seconds of the shot clock, and maybe give them the ball straight back and feed onto their momentum? So I, I think in the end they just got a little bit tired and, and obviously sloppy. The turnovers um, uh, were an issue, and, and Giannis was in foul trouble as well. So you know there was, there was there was there was a few factors, um, but. You know, it, it did feel like the old, the old Bucks, um, and in the end, I guess it was just fortunate enough they got a couple of stops and were able to get the lead back. And Giannis made two free throws in the end, so yep. that's that's a big development for him as well. To, to you know, once you lose the lead, for him to knock down two clutch free throws. That is a that is a point of emphasis for Giannis. Or his free throws. I mean, he missed two. Um, he was over two at one point in that game. Like he missed two free throws, and you know, it was big for him to come out in that moment and kind of crush those. Good for his confidence for sure. Um, let's. I know this is a Bucks podcast, but let's talk about the Charlotte Hornets. And boy, they could be underrated this year. I don't know if you want to say bad Bucks defense, but Kemba looked great. You know that team was sharing the ball well. They have some. They have some weapons on that team. Surprisingly, they could come out of that division. Yeah. I th- well, I think. Um, I think across the board, the last few spots in the in the Eastern playoffs are up for grabs. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I, you know, outside of what we think is probably going to be the top six. Uh, you know, the last couple of spots are going to be there, and whether it's Detroit or Charlotte or um, even Brooklyn, a two and zero, and they've got some exciting players. So, um, but Kemba is—I uh, mean, he's—he's—he's he's, he's tough. I, I, I honestly don't necessarily think that the Bucks' defense on him was horrible. No. But sometimes, you know, guys like that—I mean, there's only so much you can do. And the Bucks have had their issues with quick guards in the past. And, and he's one of those guys that you know the Bucks want to probably defend the three-point line. Um, but he's a guy that can step back. Yeah. Well, they also had they kept running the same pick and roll play, and yeah. it was so frustrating to watch. I was like, they're gonna run the same thing. Like, yeah. just figure it out. Like, yeah. how as an NBA player can't you just defend that? And I know um, <coughs> Budenholzer was asked about that, and his his response was kind of similar. He's like, well, I mean, you know, not every team's gonna have a Kemba, and you know. Uh, and, and they'll have to get better at that, and I'm sure they'll plan for that um, next time. But to get 41 points, um, and no one's really sure where his future lies, but 
yeah. you know, he's going to carry that team for sure. And for as long as he's there, I mean, that's definite. Um, I think that's kind of it. I, I mean, we can actually, this might be a good transition, but Dante DiVincenzo, um, as you guys have listening, watched the games, have known he's gotten some big minutes early in this season um, with DJ Wilson, Thon, and Deli out for the first game. Deli was back um, last night. Um, but he's getting some big, important minutes in that in that first game and in last night. So, you know, give me your couple thoughts on that. Um, you know, do you like it? One, um, what do you think you – do you like it? And then do you like what he's doing and what do you like about what he's doing on the court? Well, I, I like that he's getting minutes. I, and, I, and before the season, I wasn't totally sure how that was going to play out. I was thinking – I actually thought that um, – he might struggle to get minutes because I thought Sterling Brown in particular was going to be a guy that with this year, I mean, he, he was, Sterling was a guy that I think a lot of people wanted to see play more last year. Mm-hmm. And I thought he was probably going to be, you know, in that position to take some of those minutes and then obviously Tony uh, Snell as well. But um, I think it's pretty clear they like what DiVincenzo brings. Um, uh, I mean, he's, he's played over 20 minutes in his first two games and... That yeah, last I mean, night, 20 minutes, 14 seconds. Yeah, and, and he's still, I still, you know, he's still figuring out things. And, and it's not always, he had a few turnovers. I think he had four turnovers last night. Um, so. Yeah, he had four turnovers last night. Four turnovers. Plus 15, though. But, I mean, yeah, I think I agree with you. Like, you can see flashes of, like, him being a rookie, you know? Like, yeah. he's over, he's trying to overdo some things. He's very, He's always out there just running. He just right. looks like he has so much energy. Right. And that, but but I think that I think that's working for him because he, he moves really well mm-hmm. and uh, he's he's a guy that you never really he's not standing still on offense. And I still was watching at times last night with Tony Snell on the floor, and I still feel like at times he just gets stuck in the corner. Mm-hmm. And you see that with Snell on the floor that he's not. And I think that's a point of difference with Dante. And and I think. Um, his confidence to shoot the ball is, I mean, he's, he's, he is not concerned at all. But I, and I think that comes from confidence from the coaching staff as well. And, that, and, and I spoke to him yesterday about that, and he, he said that. I said, what are you going to do when games get tight in, in the part, uh, like the Charlotte game in the future? And he, said, uh, and he said, just be unconscious about shooting the ball. He goes, don't worry about it if you miss, just keep shooting. So, and this guy that's played two games, so he's feeling pretty good. And uh, I think it's been a... Um, pleasant surprise definitely I think that speaks to his character as well as um, uh, another regular on this podcast Derek Starks they say high character guy Um, you know he really holds himself well um, very poised and to be honest I I think he's uh, what surprised me and I think it's been a really good bright spot is his defense I think he plays really well you know I think he's showing a lot on both ends of the floor whereas a lot of people when we drafted him saw him just as a three-point shooter Right. And that's not even what we're using him for mostly. It's mostly like really spreading the ball around, really defending, getting back on fast breaks and stuff like that. I mean, it's great. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I, I, I think, um, yeah, as, as, I, I don't think that, you know, Budenholz is too worried about numbers for him, and I, I think that's obvious being a rookie. But I, I think if he keeps, um, keeps being aggressive and showing that confidence, I, I, I think this, certainly those minutes are there for. Um, for him for yeah, the near future anyway. Yeah, definitely. I think we're going to see that progress more and more and hopefully keeps his confidence up and honestly makes strides and improves more. Um, you know, the Bucks haven't hit on a draft pick since Giannis. So we'll, we'll get into one of our other first-round draft picks here a little later in the episode. But, um, I mean, let's talk about the Indiana Pacers game as a whole. I mean, Pacers are a good team. They were in the playoffs last year. Victor Oladipo really leading that team well. 
Tyreek Evans was a great addition to that team. Um, they gave us a run for their money, but I mean, after a slow start, we really took control of that game and hung on. So, you know, give me your thoughts on last night's game. You were there, obviously, home opener at the Forum. Awesome new stadium, great venue. Um, give me your thoughts. Well, it was, it was a lot of fun, first of all. The crowd is... Um, I wasn't I wasn't sure. I mean, I, I, shouldn't, I probably shouldn't have uh, underestimated uh, the Milwaukee uh, sports fandom. But with the Brewers playing, I was like, you know, we'll see. Uh, you know, if there's a few empty seats, but there was not many. And they were loud, and they were in their seats as well. They, were, they weren't out... Um, watching the Brewer game, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, I, I mean, pre-game was insane, and then you know the ball tips off, and then within a minute they're down eight nothing, and and you know Bud's calling time, so um, it was an interesting start. Yeah. To the uh, to the to the uh, forum, um, but I mean, I guess that's all they needed. They they um, Bud was asked after the game about that start. And he just said, oh, he goes, I don't even know. He goes, it's like they were on another planet. So he's like, we just called time. They reset. And then next thing, they went on an 11-2 run. And then they, they didn't lose the lead. And they didn't look like losing the lead. Um, yeah. And the big thing is um, Charlotte. While Charlotte, we talked about, maybe they're potentially a playoff team. I mean, Indiana are. And, and they're a team that, uh, you know, Milwaukee could you know, quite possibly be fighting uh, for home court with, you know, and, and certainly the division. Um, and they made them look second grade. Yeah. Uh, it was right tough. after the Pacers had just destroyed the Grizzlies too. Right. And they looked good. Right. I mean, it, it, it was comprehensive. And um, again, uh, they did what they've done through the preseason. They shot the race. They got points in the paint. They completely avoided the mid range. Yep. And yeah, forty-seven three-point attempts. Franchise record. The previous. Really? The previous record was 36. So they've topped the franchise record by 11. Um, and, you know, they, they weren't... I mean, what they make? They made 37%. Yep. Um, but this is what people have been, you know, crying out for for years. It's like, you can shoot 37% from three, and with that uh, volume, it's going to be better than shooting, you know, low 40s from mid-range. And it's, the, you know, it's simple math, and uh, they're doing that. And I mean, the spacing is just incredible. There's just so much room for everyone to operate, and it's. I mean, they just—they look good. I don't know. I don't know how else to put it. They just look good. And Giannis looked great too. I mean, all those dunks he had last night. I swear, like the first half, I don't think he made a shot outside of a dunk. Well, it was crazy. I mean, the thing with Giannis is, and I know that a lot of people said this after the Charlotte game, but last night he said he said 26 and 15. This is the second time in a row that he's had. Um, yeah, 20 plus points, 15 plus rebounds. Yep. And I don't think that, I mean, he's got so much room to get better. He had, he had another six turnovers last night. So he said 14 turnovers in two, um, in two games. He still looks like he, he's pushing the pace so hard mm-hmm. that at times it's still a little bit out of control. And I think that, that just as a whole, the group is looking to push the pace so much that it gets a little out of control at times. And we know that Giannis is, I mean, he's, 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 he's as enthusiastic as anyone. So he's, he's, got a, he's having a little trouble slowing down at times and, and not uh, turning the ball over. Um, but, I mean, he's not going to be getting seven turnovers a game through the season. So when he settles down and figures that out, uh, I mean, it's it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, let's talk about it. You just mentioned you know the amount of three pointer three points that we took. You know, thirty seven percent. 
But Giannis, 0 for 7 from three-point. That's what everybody's been clamoring for since we drafted him about, you know, his three-point game. Can he get one? Will he get one? Imagine how good he'll be when he gets one. Um, But I think that this offense is really going to hopefully make him take a stride in this as, you know, Henson hit two for two from three. If John Henson can do it, anybody can do it. That's my motto in life. So, you know, let's talk talk about that. Talk about what you're seeing and if you like that or not. Well... Big thing is that he, regardless of the fact that he didn't make one, he still shot seven. Yeah. And you know, we've seen in the past if let's just say if Jason Kidd was coaching, he he missed a few, then he might find himself sitting on the bench. So, yeah. so the good thing is that I think for everyone on the team is that they're happy that they can they can they can shoot over seven. And Giannis, is, his shot has looked good through the preseason. Um, and I don't think I mean I don't think he's gonna you know have too many nights where he's over seven. Um, but after the game, again, he said, well, I'm just going to keep shooting. He's, and, and I think that's, that has to be the attitude for everyone because it's not about, you know, you're not going to make every shot. And, mm-hmm. you know, through the preseason, they were shooting, you know, high 40%. That's not going to happen. It's going to come back down to the mid-30s. But to make the offense work and, and to um, spread the defense out, you've got to keep threatening to shoot. And as long as Giannis, the defenders think that he's going to shoot that ball, then, then they're, going to come, they're going to come up on him. And, and that helps the, the team as a whole. So, um, uh, I mean, it's just good to watch. Like, no one's hesitating. When the ball's there, um, they're going to shoot it. Um, and, and as for Henson, I think, um, <laughs> I mean, he, he spoke about it. Uh, straight away at, at summer league, I still remember. You know, he 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 was saying, "Well, I'm going to work on that corner three and it, and it became a bit of a joke, and everyone's laughing about it the whole time. Yeah. And, um, but you know, I mean, it's not a joke. I'm I, I'm sure that he realizes that he has to do that, or he's just not going to play. Yeah. And so it's as funny as it is to think about Henson shooting threes. He, that's just he, he just has to do that, and everyone in this team has to be willing to shoot threes, mm-hmm. or you're not going to play. Um, he did double his career output last night, and I think that one that ended the third quarter in particular may have been the highlight of the night. The contested three. Contested three to end the quarter, from man. Floor spacer Henson. Was, it was amazing. I, I freaked out when I was watching that. I like jumped out of my chair, and I was like, oh my god, John Henson just hit a three pointer. It wasn't a quarter three, it was actually off center, I contested, mean, and just swish. I think that is, to this point in time, the moment in the Fiserv Forum history. Uh, Henson beating the buzzer from three. So we'll see. It's I, he's he's going to keep shooting them though. So you know, hey, if he wants to go two for three every night, uh, you know, I'm not going to complain. Oh, you can't be mad. At that. I mean, you could tell early in the game though he was still a little hesitant. I yeah. think he doesn't like. I don't think he feels comfortable yet. But I mean, to, to have the confidence to go out there, I mean, that first three that he made was like a legitimate open three-pointer where that's like how the offense works. They're all going to collapse on Giannis, toss it out. You got to take a shot, man. So he did it. That contested three was just fucking lucky, man. That was awesome. I, I think that I think the hesitation, I think he still needs that split second to realize that uh, Gruden Hulls is coaching him and it's not kids. So he's like, <laughs> okay, he's like okay, I can do this. And then, yeah. and then he lets fly. Definitely. Um, so let's stay in that center position. Let's bring this back home for you. Um, let's go. Let's talk about your guy, Thon. And um, obviously, I haven't seen him play in the regular season yet, battling a bit of injuries. Uh, I don't have the specifics on that. You might have no more. Um, but, you know, that's a guy we're looking this year to take a couple big strides. But now he's going to be competing against a guy, you know, everybody wanted to see on the team, Christian Wood. So, you know, let's 
dive into that center battle a little bit and you know kind of give me your thoughts on Thon as we move through the season. Yeah, the Thon uh, one is a bit of a shocker for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, particularly with the new coaching staff, I thought that Thon was a guy that, that I mean, fits that, what they're going to try and do. For sure. Um, perfectly. So, um, you know, and again, with Henson, I mean, this is this is making things interesting because I'm sitting there watching the game last night. And I'm like, okay, well, if Henson is going to actually knock down threes, mm-hmm. then what does that mean for Thon? Because, um, you know, obviously being able to stretch the floor and, and, and take those shots was a point of difference for Thon that made you believe why yep. he would play ahead of Henson. So, um, you know, he, he was unfortunate again. He had, and I, there, was, there wasn't much info on what the injury was other than he had a sore knee, mm. um, but he's kicking people with it. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> it might have been the carryover yeah. from the Philippines game. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but he, you know, I again spoke to him last night after the game, and he was very quick to say that he's fine. Mm. Um, there's no issues at all with the knee. He wants to be playing, um, but. It, he, he's also understands that he's been in this position before. Yeah. And he said that. He said, look, I, this is my third year now and every season there's been you know, times where I'm sitting on the bench and I'm not playing. And, and he, he's, he's like, you know, I always want to be playing and I don't enjoy that. But I know that I'm going to just keep working hard and, mm-hmm. and, and my chance will come, which I believe it will. Um, but right now, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard. I mean, they're playing Christian Wood. I mean, he, he's really not playing. He played five minutes last night. He only played a few minutes the night before. So they basically were going with a um, two-man centre rotation and then playing some small ball as well. Yep. Um, so as the rotation sits, I'm not sure that there's really a spot for a third centre to, to play a role anyway. Yep. Um, but yeah. Yeah, he, he, if he wants to get back in the lineup, he's, he's going to have to find a way to jump ahead of Benson. So it's interesting. It's interesting because, I, I, you know, this, this is a critical year for him. Um, he's shown flashes and you know the playoffs last year obviously or playoffs both years yep he's shown, everyone's going okay well this guy you know has some legit skills but um, you know he's just going to have to play the waiting game and hope for an opportunity and when it comes take it because it's 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 a tough team this year there's no minute there's no free minutes no there isn't I mean well everybody every regular listener knows my opinion on Bob Maker and it's not great I mean I'm kind of I've been out on him I think that I think I thought you should have traded him as soon as the end of that playoff series like he showed his flash of greatness. He showed what he could be, but I, I don't have the time to wait for that anymore. You know, that's why we picked up Brooke Lopez. That's why we did stuff like that to kind of fill out that roster. Um, but I think that this whole minute battle at center rotation um, really alludes to what we were talking about before the podcast and how deep this Bucks team actually is and how there is actually a lot of talent on there, surprisingly. And I guess maybe not surprisingly, but like more than everybody thought, I think. You know, so I mean, like you, I don't remember in the last five years ever saying the Bucks are deep or they have a lot of bench players they can go to in clutch time. So you know, it's gonna be very interesting this whole season watching minute battles. I mean, look at the guard position. You know, a guy that we're gonna talk. You know, I want to see more of Pat Connaughton. I mean, he's battling against you know Dante Divincenzo, Eric Bledsoe, Malcolm Brogdon, Sterling Brown. Even like, there's so many guys on that team that you can put out there and just trust the ball in their hands. You know? Yeah, the difference between uh, even just. Uh, last season compared to now mm-hmm. is uh, you know it's big I mean you, you got guys picking up you know genuine garbage time minutes last night uh, Dolivadova uh, 
Brown, Connaughton. I mean, these three guys are all guys that played, you know, minutes last year. Um, yeah, Connaughton in particular was playing, you know, he was playing a really key role on, on the Portland. Uh, he was a key rotation player, right? right. Yeah. And this team, this team was a home court team in, in the Western Conference playoffs. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that's where the Bucks are at. And I don't think, you know, people outside... Um, of Milwaukee or people that don't follow Milwaukee closely really realise that. Um, I mean, you know, they're deep and they're sneakily deep and they're filled with players that, that fit what they're trying to do. And all those guys that aren't getting minutes can all hit the three. They can handle the ball a little bit. So, um, I'm, I mean, I'd, I'd, like, I'd also like to see some of these guys. Sterling Brown was a guy that I thought was going to take a step this year, but it's mm-hmm. like you look at the team and you're like, where's his minutes coming from? Right now, they're not there. I know. Do you think maybe that's a testament to how well the starters are playing? Because I felt like they, there it hasn't been a lot of rotations. It's more of, you know, kind of just subbing in, in and out guys as they get tired. Giannis has been getting a lot of minutes. You know, he played 31 last night, Chris with 30, um, Malcolm with 27. I mean, it's it's not looking like a Tom Thibodeau offense, obviously, because you look at this bench and, like, Ersan 23, Dante 20 minutes, obviously, but, like, you're getting heavy minutes from guys that you wouldn't normally see that you would see more and be more spread out with, uh, with the amount of people that we have, but what are you thinking? Yeah, I, I, I think um, I think the big thing is that Budenholzer really trusts that set nine, nine guys that he's going with, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I mean, if Giannis can, can play 31 minutes a night, um, you know, I think everyone's going to be really happy with that. It's going to be a lot better for his body than the 37, 38 he was playing last year in Middleton as well. For sure. Um, you know, I mean, they're, they're going to play Ilyasova. I think everyone knew that he's going to play a lot of minutes. Um, and then, you know, they're splitting, you know, around 20 minutes each for uh, Dante and, and Tony Snell as well. Yep. Um, you know, as it stands, I, I think... Budenholz is super comfortable with that group and he, he's, yeah, you're not always going to be able to keep the starters minutes that low um, but that that definitely appears to be the, the set rotation and both games, uh, Dante and Ersan have been first up the bench uh, virtually together at around the halfway point of the first quarter and that, that appears like that's going to be a rotation you can expect um, yeah. most games Yeah uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, I, outside of those nine, nine guys, I think um, you know the other guys are just going to be depth, and that's you know the Bucks have not had depth from position ten through thirteen in, in the past. So and it's a good problem to have, honestly. Yeah. You know, I mean, like you look at that, and maybe you're frustrated because you're a Sterling Brown fan, and you're not seeing, it, or you're a Delhi fan, and you're not seeing them out there. But like, that's a good thing sometimes in that you have all these players that you can really go to in times of need. So. It's going to be very interesting, but let's dive a little bit more into um, a guy who's really contributing a lot. He dropped, played 23 minutes last night, and he's plus 13. Ersan Ilyasova, third stint with the Bucks, brought in, played under Budenholzer in uh, Atlanta, played for the Sixers for a little bit. He's really making a big difference on this team, and I, I you can just see it when he's out there. He was center. He was playing center against Charlotte uh, when they're running the small ball rotation. Um, so give me your thoughts on him, what you're liking, what you're seeing out of him. And overall, just kind of, you know, the, what it means for the team to have Ersan back. Well, the big thing with Ersan and why I think it's such a good fit is because he's just a smart player. Mm-hmm. He, um, he He's a smart defender. He always has been. We all know that he's you know, an elite charge taker. Uh, but, you know, he's tough. And, and positioning-wise, and with the other guy uh, they brought in Lopez. Mm-hmm. Both these guys know where to be on defense. They know how to box out. 
and I think that's I think that's the big thing with Ersan. Like last night, he plays 23 minutes and he takes three shots and he scores three points. But you know, he played well, and it's not going to be about numbers for him. But I think just having him on the floor and uh, yeah, he commands a lot of respect on the perimeter. And uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's in, the impact he's going to have on this team is going to be a lot deeper than what you you read in the box score. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he, he's a guy that came into Philly last year um, after being bought out of the Lancer, and he was like, he was a big time player for them, you know. And that, and it's no real surprise that they, when they picked up Ilya Sober and Bellinelli uh, was the other one, that they went on that absolute tear before the playoffs. I mean, this guy, this guy helps much like Ben Simmons in Philly. He helps Giannis here, and uh, you know, I, there was some sort of uh, criticism about the, the contract that he got mm-hmm. but I always always think if you're going to pay a guy a little bit over then pay a guy a little bit over that fits the system and, and I think that's what Ersan is he's a system player Budenholzer knew that uh, from Atlanta and I think that's I think that's worth remembering as well like Budenholzer knew this guy he knows that what he can bring to this offense and I think we're seeing it earlier and he's going to be he's going to be a key player yeah for sure and I think uh, and there was so much criticism about that signing because it was like a midnight signing on free agency and everybody was going oh, why are you bringing Ursan back and all I mean, that stuff it was super early I mean, <laughs> I, mean, they, I mean I don't know if they needed to get him at 12 they want that if you want your guy I mean, and who knows, maybe that could have been Coach Bud pushing for it and saying, hey, I want this guy, go get him as soon as you can. And maybe that's what it was, maybe it wasn't. But I think that, you know, everybody who's hating on it has kind of been proven wrong, at least in the first two games preseason. Like, he is making an impact, as you said, outside of the box score, outside of points and everything else. He is being a good defender. He's rebounding when he needs to, and as you said, boxing out. Um, So let's spread this conversation out to the NBA as a whole. We're, you know, we're a week in to the regular season. You know, obviously, it's a long season. Things are going to change. Um, you know, let's let's go down south a little bit to Chicago. Jabari Parker. I mean, you, it can't be a Bucks podcast to talk about Jabari Parker. Um, got a delay of game the other night because it took him too long to take his knee wraps off. And if you watch that video, it's actually entertaining. It took him so long. Um, but now, $20 million for a bench player, you know? So give me your thoughts on Jabari Parker, uh, and we'll go from there. I, um, <laughs> I really don't want to be a guy that is hating on Jabari because, you know, I mean, some of it's been self-inflicted, I know that, I understand that, and I completely, you know, went off him during the playoffs when, you know, he he said what he said, Um, and I'm certainly glad we didn't pay him, Yep. but I don't want him to fail, but right now, it is, I mean, he is tough to watch, I, I, the other night, I and I, but I, but I, I find myself drawn to watching him though to see what he's going to do. Yep. And that, um, I mean, that one play in particular, and I mean there was a few, but that one play in particular where he let Markel Fultz just like walk in, pick up the offensive rebound, and get his own, you know, tip in. I mean, it was just that—that that is the reason why Jabari is not a, you know. He's not good. That's why he's not. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's why he's not good. That's why he's not, you know, starting for the Bucks right now mm-hmm. because you know you just can't do that. And and I think the big shame is that he doesn't seem to. I don't, I think he cares. I just don't think he gets it. And what do you mean by that? Um, I I think that he's never really. I think it. And this is just you know, just my opinion. But I think everything's been so easy for for him through. You know, growing up playing Barcelona and just being bigger and better and stronger than everyone. Okay. Then he came to the NBA, he was this big star, 
And he played 20 games, tore his ACL. And he's never, I don't think he's ever been able to really realise that he's not that star anymore. And, and it's, and it, you know, nothing is going to be given to him. And he needs to earn, you know, every minute he gets. And I think, sure. I think you know, every time you hear him speak, it's sort of, it's sort of cringeworthy, you know, listening to because I, I think he honestly, yeah, I, I just think he's struggling. I think he has struggled to deal with the whole situation and how far he's fallen. Um, yeah. And, but, you know, I, geez, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's a one year. They've got a, a team option next year. Yes, they have a team uh, option next year. So it's 10 million this year, 10 million next year, right? If he, if he gets reset. And I, and I completely agree with that entire statement. And obviously, I, I'm, I'm right there with it. I don't want him to fail because you don't ever want to wish bad on somebody like that. I mean, sure. he, he did he did a lot for the community while he was here. Sure. Um, and, you, you know, he was a very nice guy. It seemed, you know, outside of basketball. And, um, you know, we wish him the best of luck, obviously. But, like, man, like you're not helping your cause at all He's with there. that play that you mentioned, which I saw on Instagram. And I laughed and laughed and laughed because I was like, this is exactly what we were all complaining about on the Bucks. Um, shout out Sith Lord, who thought we should have paid him, <laughs> and he will he will die with that on his gravestone. Should have thought, thought we should have paid Jamari Parker. Well, I, I, I mean, you got to give him credit though. You know, he he's he's as loyal as they come. And the minute Jabari was uh, signed in Chicago, he's like, okay, he's like, that's it. He's not a buck anymore. I'm yep. off him. Uh, so you got to give him some credit for that. But you know, he 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 stuck with that one. Yeah, he did. He, it was he, a bad one. It was a bad take, but you know, we all we all had bad takes. That's for sure. Oh, I mean, no, yeah. I mean, you could go back in this and hear some bad takes, probably for yeah. sure. <laughs> um, so let's. I mean, Eastern Conference, as you kind of alluded to earlier in this podcast, is really up for grabs. Boston's looking like you expect Boston to. Um, Philly is up and down. Lost the first game against Boston, but obviously manhandled the Bulls when they played two two teams that you're expecting to be competitive against the Bucks for this Eastern Conference. Um, Kawhi actually playing in Toronto. Oh, however, he is resting tonight. I don't know why. Um, but, you know, kind of give me your thoughts on the Eastern Conference. How do you think it's going to pan out? And, you know, give me your prediction. Where do you think the Bucks land? Yeah, I, well, it looked like a hell of a game last night. Uh, Toronto got over Boston. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't seen any of that, but, I, you know, I mean, Kawhi looks good. He looks like the Kawhi of old. I seen he had 31 and 10 last night. And that was really the only thing that you know people questioned um, with Toronto. They're like, I'm pretty sure they're going to be a contender in the ace if Kawhi is Kawhi. Yeah, he looks like Kawhi, and that you know auto- automatically that's I mean, you know, DeRozan's fine, but he's not Kawhi. So that's yep. a, that, that that is a huge upgrade in itself. We picked up Danny Green as well. Um, so I like Toronto. Uh, and not even talked about that they picked up Danny Green. Right. Everybody I mean, was so it, focused on Kawhi. No one's even like, <coughs> it's like that's been completely skimmed over. Like, yeah. no one's even thought about that. Um, so, you know, that's a big win for them. Obviously, whatever, it's October. Um, but, uh, yeah, Toronto and Boston for mine are the top two. I, I've got Philly a little behind them. I, I think that they need to, I think they've got some things to work out. They, they don't, I mean, that starting lineup with Fultz and Simmons is. You know, they need some more shooters. And, um, you know, I think that they'll win enough games in the regular season that they can get through anyway and be a home court team. Yeah. Um, and then maybe, you know, they pick up a couple of guys like they did last year um, with Ersan and, and Bellinelli, which really propelled them to another level. Um, but, yeah, but, but they're going to need some more spacing. Um, it, you know, 
uh, particularly against Boston, a really you know strong defensive team. Simmons just isn't going to get what he wants yeah, in, well, in the paint. Yeah. 0 for 11 on three-pointers all that season. Right, right. I mean, I mean we know he's not going to shoot. Um, and, and, and Embiid as well has his troubles with um, Horford and, and Baines in particular, who was yeah, unbelievable the other night. So I, I've got Philly down a little bit. Um, I've actually got Philly with Milwaukee and Indiana. Okay. So that's that's the three teams that I think are going to be battling for that uh, three and four seed. Um, yeah, four, I, I agree with that. That's probably about right. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's just the way I said That's the top five teams. I've got Washington and Miami below them. Um, I'm not buying Washington. No. I know, I know they uh, I mean, they're into themselves like no one else. Like, they really, really like what they've got going on but they have for a long time now and, I, and I'm not saying they're just not deep enough I mean you can't you can't ride John Wall and Bradley Beal that much right. but that play um, where like was that John Wall I think that just whipped the ball out of Marcin Gortat's face is hilarious did you watch that on repeat I don't know if you saw that no I didn't say that oh it was great because it was kind of a meme after um, we didn't even talk about Jimmy Butler and Timberwolves but um, after Jimmy Butler practiced with them it was like the caption was like Jimmy Butler throwing the ball to Carl Anthony Towns and just whips it right in his face. It's so funny. If you're listening out there and having to check that out, it's 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 a pretty funny uh, video. Um, but yeah, actually, you know, that's a good transition as as any. You know, Jimmy Butler, what the fuck is he doing? He is not helping his cause at all. Obviously, he had a good game last night, but like, man, nobody's gonna want that guy. I mean, Minnesota. Uh, I mean, I, I think it was Chris Milton who. Throughout the circus term, and I think that's about right. I yeah. mean, they are—it's incredible. I mean, for the NBA fans, I think that that don't go, you know, support Minnesota. I think it's like unbelievable. I mean, this—it's is a, a reality show, really. Is, I mean, it's great content. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I, and, and the, the big thing is, yeah, I, I don't think anyone's helped anyone. I don't think Minnesota have been able to. Um, you know, boost Butler's value, and I don't think Butler's helped himself either. Um, we all know he's a really good player, but mm-hmm. I think at this point, people or teams are like, well, okay, well, how much are we going to give up for, for one year of Butler? Mm-hmm. And is he even going to be happy here or what? I mean, they don't know. Um, but clearly, um, Towns is uncomfortable. Um, well, yeah, I mean, Jimmy fucked his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it's, and it's, allegedly. And, and, you know, yeah, I mean, you got to say that. And then, uh, you know, Tibbs is Tibbs. He's just. Uh, Dude, how is that guy an NBA head coach? I mean, come on. If Tom Thibodeau can be a head coach in the NBA, let me get my resume up for grabs next to get that coaching job. Because Jesus Christ, I could run that team better. I mean, I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, I'm concerned for Towns. Uh, yeah, what this is going to do for him. Yeah. Um, I'm also, you know, I mean, Butler's just. I mean, he hasn't been able to escape tips since he came into the NBA. So that is true. I, I mean, I, I just, like, they are a mess. I, I don't even know how they figure it out at this point because um, I think Pat Riley, I think I read yesterday that he's, he's you know, pulling Miami out of those talks as well. So I, I don't even know. I, he might, Maybe he just rides out the season there. And, and uh, if that's the case, I, I don't think I can see them making the playoffs. No, I mean, it's especially not in the West. Too much dysfunction there. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's it's... It's entertaining to me. It's the NBA. I mean, yeah. The NBA always has a story. And they've been, they've, they've, you know, I mean, we're there next week. The Bucks are there next week. So, yep. um, you know, hopefully it's a replay of the preseason game from last Friday. Right. Yeah, because we have, we have Knicks on Monday. We have the 76ers at home on Wednesday. And then at Timberwolves and then versus the Magic on Saturday. Yeah. Tickets are $9, by the way, for Monday's game if anybody listening wants to go. So, 
Nine bucks. Yeah. That's nice. I know. At the forum, so that that'll be a good game. Yeah, but nine bucks to go to that arena. So, like, Kane, I think we've you know we've chatted a lot about the NBA. We've chatted a lot about the Bucks. You know, let's dive into you. How how are you like Milwaukee so far? Obviously, you spent some time here on holiday. You're here for good now. Have you had a lakefront brew and some cheese curds yet, or what's going on? Uh, I've been, uh, you know, I've been drinking too much beer. And, uh, <laughs> you know, doing a lot of work. But like I said to you, I'm still I'm still trying to lock down a, a place. Um, of sh- hopefully, only a few days away from that. Nice. Um, so I'm, I'm still, you know, I, I haven't really, I don't think I've really realized that this isn't just a holiday. Yeah. Um, because I'm still living out of my suitcases. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to unpack my stuff and get settled. Um, but it's been busy. I'm busy, so it's um, it's it's good. I mean, it's it's been fun. And, and it's great, man. Well, we're happy to have you here. I know Buck's Twitter is uh, is rallying around you, and uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, you're feeling like you're at home. You know. Yeah, it's good. I mean, fuck's, fuck's Twitter. Like, you know, all I did was you know put a little tweet out. I was saying that I was moving here, and I, I was just like for the next three days, just getting message after message of people saying, you know, let's have a beer, let's do this, let's hang out. I mean, so it's great. It was, um, yeah, it made me feel good about moving. I mean, it's like it's a big deal. It's a stressful thing, like moving um, countries. So, I can't even imagine, dude. I mean, I you know, and I and I sort of. Yeah, I quit my day job and I was just like, that's it, I'm going to go chase this and try and get a job over here. So, I mean, it's been good to, um, yeah, it makes you feel comfortable and uh, yeah, everyone's been really good. So, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. I was a little cold this morning, which, you know, I'm getting a lot of shit about that. But You will for probably forever. Whatever, I, I, I need to ease my way into it. Like, give me here a break. Um, never lose the accent, that'll play a lot here, obviously, uh, but we're glad to have you. I'm glad people are being nice to you, grabbing beers with you and everything else. Um, so let's get your final thoughts, let's get your predictions uh, for the week, come, week ahead, big week as you alluded to, and um, you know, let's let's wrap this podcast up. Yeah, it's, I mean, it is going to be a big week. Um, I think, like, it's going to be, the, the, I'm sort of looking forward to the Knicks game because they're, you know, they're sneakily fun to watch the Knicks. Like, Are they? I, I, Dude, the guy hit a half-court shot for $10,000 before the Knicks made a field goal. Right, that guy's yeah, that guy did well. I was, <laughs> I was happy for him. Man. Like, like it's you know, at the garden. Was that the garden? Right? Yeah, was that was that? Yeah, was that the garden I too? Mean, that's pretty cool. And it was textbook, you know, right in the middle of the backboard. That's how you, that's how you got hit those. You know? Do you pay like do you pay tax on that on that ten thousand? Yes, or is, you do. It? So yeah. once you get it, like five, five, <laughs> like about five. I mean, I'd take it. Hey, that's, yeah, that's probably like a you know, it's a lower bowl ticket at the garden, so that's good. True. He got his ticket back. Um, I mean, I like Kevin Knox. You know, I mean, I, I think they're entertaining. I don't. I, I mean, I, I honestly, I think the Bucks are a chance to score 150 points against the Knicks. But uh, I'm still interested to see them. Uh, but other than that, it is a big week. Um, the Sixers uh, is a big game. Mm-hmm. It's a national TV game. That one, uh, I think, it might be ESPN. That one. Um, so that's going to be big, and, and particularly again, yeah, it is ESPN. I got that here. So. Um, because a lot of people are comparing, you know, they're putting the bucks behind all these teams, you know, and they're and, and you know they're questioning where they actually sit. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously they they yeah you know, obliterated the Pacers last night. So if they come and play well against the Sixers, and I think all of a sudden they're gonna, you know, there's gonna be a lot of hype around the Bucks. So that's a, that's a yeah. big night Wednesday night. Um, but in Minnesota, we spoke about them. I'd like to think at this point they can handle that uh, that I, rabble over there. I hope so. The, uh, the, the Timber Bulls, as they call them. The Timber Bulls, that's right. I mean, uh, I, I couldn't believe that they weren't interested in uh, Noah. I was like, I thought that was like, a, I thought that was a done deal. 
Um, yeah, big week, four games. You'd like to see them win three of those. Um, I'd like to see them win all of them. Come I mean, on, Kane. I'd, I'd like to. I mean, I'd like to see them probably never lose again because yeah, um, yeah, it's fun. It's, it's great. Moment. I like winning. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, the, really, the Sixers game. I'm, I'm focusing on that one. I'm, I'm really excited for that. Well, I think that's and, and that's the marquee game of the week. Magic, eh, Knicks, eh, even the Timberwolves. Eh, you know, this is an interconference game against a playoff competitor. Everybody is insane. It's the biggest competition to the Bucks, especially as we talked about middle of the pack in that Eastern Conference as we're going to battle it out this season. So that'll be a big one to watch. And they kind of have our number a little bit. You know, Joel Embiid doesn't match up, matches up really well against us. He's hard to defend in any in any sense of the word. And, you know, it'll, it'll be a fun game for sure. I'm hoping we go 4-0. We're going to go 82-0. Not actually. Um, I think we're going to go about, we're gonna about 50 wins this season for sure. Um, barring any injury, knock on wood. So... You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to this week. You know, I'm looking forward to this entire season. More games at the Forum, more concerts at the Forum. It'll be it'll be a great time. Yeah, I mean, the Forum's been killing. I mean, this last week. I yeah. Mean, I, don't, I don't think... Has there ever been a big awake in the history of... Metallica, race? Foo Fighters, Bucks. <laughs> no, <laughs> and 21 Pilots, right. The, the Eagles as well. Yeah. They, they just snuck the Eagles in there. Just, you know... <laughs> just a little bit. In a bit of spare time, they threw in the Eagles. I mean, yeah, I mean, the Forum's killing it. And it's... Um, it's unbelievable. Hey, unbelievable. You should check out a concert there. The sound is actually amazing. I, I said in another podcast before when I saw the Killers there, I saw JT there. Like, dude, it's actually really good. I mean, my uh, I, I, like just sitting at the basketball game last night, my voice is a little scratchy today because you literally need to yell at the person sitting next to you. That's how loud, that's how loud the sound is. I, I don't know whether they need to crank it down a couple of notches. I'm not sure, but it's it's loud. The it, sound is good. It's great. Um, game Big game tonight, though. Brewers-Dodgers, game seven. Winner take all, going to the World Series. Who you got and what's the score? Who's winning tonight? Well, I got the Brewers. I, 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 mean, I mean, first of all, no one wants to see LA win. No. Um, that's just, I don't care who you go for. Um, that's just a given. Um, but it's exciting. Like, I, 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 I'm, I'm still, you know, I'm holding out hope. I, I, I might, you know, make a last second decision to go tonight. I really want to, um, you know, soak all that up because I've been, you know, I've been getting around watching the games around town and it's fun like, yeah it is just really fun and it's I mean, very it's, drunk too it's, oh, it's very drunk <laughs> which is great and if i mean if they can get the world series in milwaukee i mean that's incredible absolutely incredible and they're a fun team like they're a really likable team I, I i enjoy watching them play and obviously the fans are great so Definitely. i think it's gonna be a tough battle brats got hot last night when you needed them to um obviously i've said i'm not the huge biggest baseball fan in the world but I'll be out there pulling for the Brewers, you know, wishing them the best. But it's going to be a tough one. And honestly, as I was saying to Kane before we started recording, Wisconsin sports like to let us down when we have our hopes the highest. So I hope they don't do that tonight. I hope they pull it out. And I honestly never thought we would have a World Series in Milwaukee. So, I mean, it'll be crazy if they do it. Um, but, hey, I really appreciate you coming on. You know, it was a great talking to you today, and I'm glad you're in town. Thanks, man. It's good to uh, good to do one of these in person. It's uh, it's much more enjoyable. I could, yes, it is. It's definitely a little bit easier for both of us, I think, for yeah. sure. Well, all right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Go Bucks this week. Go Brewers, and uh, I'll see you around the forum. Cheers.